God's love never fails. And it never changes. Do you know why? Because God has loved us. He has given his son to die on the cross for us. And there is nothing that can overcome that love. And therefore, it will never change. It will never fail. Just before we release the children to go to the children's church, take your Bible so we can remind ourselves of what we always do here. Because in this church, we continue to believe that since the Bible is the word of God, and that every person that believes in Jesus is a child of God, let us say it together. The Bible is God's word for us. Father, we thank you this morning, again acknowledging your presence here. Thank you, Lord, for giving us this opportunity to come together, to worship you, to encourage one another, to hear your word, and so that you may be glorified in our lives this morning. We pray that, Father, you may accomplish through your word what you intend to accomplish in Jesus' name. Amen. Children, you are free to go. I see a couple of new faces. If you are joining us, if this is your first time, you are very welcome. We are glad that you are here. And it is our hope that uh, we will get to know you better and that you will know us better. And if you are looking for a home church, this can be your church today, beginning today. In fact, if you want, we can put your name on that chair so that next time you come, you will find it reserved for you. There's something about prayer that Jesus is teaching his disciples here. And I think it's something that we all need to learn. But before we look at that passage, I just wanted to bring your attention to a few passages in the Bible that talk about prayer. For example, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Verse 17, Paul says to believers, the Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. Keep on praying, in other words. And then in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, Jesus tells his disciples, he tells them to ask, and it shall be given to them, to seek, and they shall find, to knock, and the doors shall be opened for them. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. In Jeremiah 33, verse 3, the Lord says, 
call unto me and I will hear you and show you greater and mighty things that you know not. And there are so many other passages that God is asking, commanding, encouraging people to call unto him. And Jesus in this parable, if you read the first part of chapter 18, we are told then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Again, in this parable, he is showing them, excuse me, showing them that they should always pray and not give up. So this tells us that prayer pray plays an important role in our lives as disciples of Christ. And so Jesus gave them a parable. He says there is a, there's a judge in this this community that uh, Jesus is talking about, a judge that does not fear God or even care about people or what they think of him, a judge that is there for his own benefit, is only concerned about himself and no one else. And the Bible tells us that he does not fear God to show us that he is not the kind of judge that you would expect to get justice from. Because judges in this community are expected to have a fear of God so that they can serve people rightly. Personally, I believe that if we are going to have justice as a, as a society, then we must have the fear of God. We must realize that God is the ultimate judge. And therefore, as we deal with one another, we deal with one another with God's fear in our hearts. This judge doesn't care. But then we are told of a woman, she's a widow. Like many other widows in this society, she is defenseless. She's been taken advantage of. She's been abused by the legal system. She's helpless. This widow probably, she doesn't have children. Her husband died. And all she wants is justice. There's a problem between her and one of her neighbors. And she's come to this judge so that the judge can rule the matter on her behalf. All she wants is justice. She doesn't want revenge. This widow knows that only this judge can help, and therefore she pleads with him. But because this judge has no fear of God, because he doesn't care, he ignores her. is not wealthy, she cannot bribe him. She has no one else to stand up for her, for her. 
she cries out to this God. And this God keeps on turning her away. And so this widow realizing that she may not get justice, she decides to bother this judge. She goes after him. This judge, whenever he goes to the marketplace, this widow meets him there. Will you please give me justice? This judge goes to the gym. He meets this widow there waiting for him. Will you please decide my case? He goes for his physicals. This widow is waiting outside. Will you please decide for my case? She keeps on pestering him until one day he gives up. And he says, this widow is wearing me out. I'm going to give her what she wants so that she can stop bothering me. So even when he decides for her, he does it for his own benefit. Not because he's concerned about her but because she's bothering him. It says in the NIV, in, from verse 4, for some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. Now, it is possible to read that passage, that parable, and think that Jesus is teaching his disciples to bother God with their prayers. It is possible to think that Jesus is saying, if you keep on praying and praying and praying, God will have to do what you want him to do. In fact, some of us, if we are sincere, we have been tempted to think that way. We've been tempted to think that uh, if we keep on pushing, God will have no choice. He will have to respond to our prayer. So before we see what this passage is teaching us, it's important for us to understand what it does not teach us. One, our prayers do not push God to do what he wants him to do. You and I will never push God to do what we want him to do. It is easy to read and see yourself in the place of this widow and see God in the place of this judge. 
Our prayers do not change the heart of God so that he can love us more. In fact, let me surprise you. God will never love you more than he loves you. He has already demonstrated his love for us. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, For God demonstrates his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. By Christ's dying on the cross, God has shown us how much he loves us. He will never love us more than that. And there is nothing we can do to make us love us more than that. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lays down his life. And the Lord has done that for us. So we don't pray so that God can love us more. We don't pray to soften God's heart. Now, I know some of us probably are being disappointed by this. But this passage does not teach us that. The other thing it doesn't teach is that our prayer can bother God or can wear him out. And some of us actually have had someone tell me that, you know, I, I feel like I'm bothering God. Because I, I, I keep asking him for the same thing. I keep, I keep praying the same prayer because uh, this is a need that has always been there. Sometimes it's on your health or your children's health or something that is happening in your family or on behalf of your church. And you keep on praying and you're tempted to think, I'm wearing God out. He probably has so many prayer requests. He doesn't even care about mine. If there's a list, maybe I'm the last one. That's the enemy's voice. Because God wants us to pray. And because Jesus, as we've read in verse 1, he's teaching He's showing his disciples here that they should always pray and never give up. So if prayers do not push God to do what he wants him to do, and if prayers do not change the heart of God that he may love us more, and if our prayers do not bother God, then why do we need to pray and not to give up? I'm glad you asked. The lesson here is that God is not like this judge. God is not like this unloving and unjust and caring 
judge. This is what Jesus says in verse 6 of this parable. He says, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. So Jesus is saying here that God is not like this judge because God is a loving father. And believers are not like this widow because believers are God's children. When you pray, you are talking to your father. When you pray, you are showing your father that you love him, that you trust him, and that you need him. Because God is our loving father. And even as I say that, sometimes it's difficult for some of us to see God as a loving father because of the experiences we may have had with our own earthly fathers. Because people have had fathers that have been abusive, fathers that have ignored or neglected them, fathers that have have been uncaring and unloving, and therefore it makes it difficult for us to connect the idea of God being our father that we can love and cherish and adore. But if you are a child of God, if you've believed in Jesus, you have turned to Christ, and Jesus has received you, you are a child of God, and God is your loving father, such that when you are talking with God, you're not talking to a stranger. You are talking to someone that knows you and loves you. And for those of us that never had an experience of a father in our lives, we have God for our father. For those of us that have had abusive fathers in our lives, fathers that tortured us, fathers that never showed any interest, fathers that always saw mistakes in our lives, fathers that make us uh, afraid of them. We feared them for who they are because they, uh, they were terrorizing us as young children, fathers who neglected us, or abused our mothers. For those of us that have had those kinds of fathers, we have God as our father. The father that we can turn to. The father that we can call at any time and he will be there for us. The father that has a good plans for us. The father that knows how weak we are, how sinful we are, and he still loves us. The father that is not just interested in seeing or pointing on our mistakes, but he's interested in giving us a chance to grow, to know him better, and enjoy 
the fellowship that we have with him. Why do we need to pray? Cannot give up. I think this answer is the answer to this question is in verse eight of this parable. Jesus says, "I tell you, he will see that he gets justice." And quickly. And then he asks a question which I believe gives us the answer. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? So you look at that parable. First, we are told he showed them the parable. He told them the parable to show them that they should pray and never give up. And then in the end, at the end of the parable, he asks a question. When the Son of Man comes back, when Jesus returns, will he find faith? Here is the answer. We should pray and never give up because we believe in the Lord. Prayer is an act of faith. When you pray, you are showing that you believe in someone that has the answer to the questions that the world is asking. When you pray, you are showing that you have faith in this God, that he does not only hear you, but he also responds to your prayer. When you pray, you are showing that you believe in God as your father and he's the one that you can turn to anytime, anywhere when you are going through anything in this life. It's an act of faith. When your child comes to you and asks for something, they are showing that they trust you. And you know, it's amazing how children trust their parents. Sometimes you can feel ashamed at the amount of faith they have on you. Because they can ask you for something that you know you cannot afford. But you don't want to disappoint them. So you have to come up with a very smart answer so that you can retain the faith. But at the same time, not disappoint them. Because every child believes that their father, their mother is their hero. Every child has faith in her parents. As children of God, we show our faith by turning to the Lord 
in our prayer. And Jesus is asking here, he's just shown them why they should pray and never give up. And then he's asking them, when I come back, will I still find faith? Will I still find people relying on me? Will I still find people desiring my presence, showing that they need me, that they trust me? Will I still find that? You show me a man and a woman of faith, and I will show you a man and a woman of prayer. Because our faith is not just strengthened by our prayer, but it is revealed in our prayer. Prayer is an act of faith. And there are those moments that you pray and it seems like God is silent. Let me just give you a lesson here for you and I will be done here. There are those moments that you pray and it doesn't seem like God is answering. And at times you are tempted to, to take a step, to decide, to take control of the situation because you have entrusted it to God and God doesn't seem to answer. It's like he doesn't hear. You lie on your bed and you open your eyes and you cry out to God and you look at the ceiling and it seems like your prayer are just there. There is nothing that you feel. There is no presence. There is no assurance. It's like God is just silent. It's important for us to know that when you pray, and it seems like God is silent, sometimes it's because he's giving you a chance to grow. Sometimes it's because he is preparing you for something much, much, Martha and Mary learned this lesson when they sent for Jesus and he delayed two days. By the time he got there, it was four days. He was four days late. But Jesus was allowing them time to grow because he was preparing for them something much better. And that is the resurrection of their brother. But sometimes it's because he wants us to wait. And waiting on God strengthens our faith. That's why Jesus says that he will come back, but he doesn't tell us when. Because he knows if we keep on waiting, we will keep on preparing. We will keep on trusting. We will keep on cleansing ourselves and submitting to him. And as we do that, our faith is strengthened. Prayer is an act of faith that continues to strengthen our faith as we wait 
don't love me. God hears our prayers. There is no question about that. And God responds to our prayers. And sometimes he responds in a way that enables us to grow. And sometimes he responds in a way that keeps us waiting. And sometimes he gives us, prepares us for something much better than we were expecting. People, if you truly believe in the Lord, the question you need to ask yourself today is, how is your prayer life? I learned this when we were at the seminary with my family, and some of you have heard this story, so you don't have to listen to it. I remember I'll make it short when we we came here at the seminary and my son Wisdom was having a very hard time. He was crying throughout the night and I was a student. I couldn't even concentrate because I didn't sleep and everything was just going against us. And my wife was expecting at the same time she had ultrasound and we were told there was a high chance that our daughter would be born with Down syndrome. And all these things were coming together. I was so depressed. My wife was so depressed. We felt like we were in the wrong place. I remember talking with my wife and we asked ourselves, did we really listen to God? We prayed until we couldn't pray anymore. And then we decided we are going back. And it felt much better when we decided that. And then one day I went to the college, to the administration to tell the dean of the students, to tell her that we have decided to return to our country. And I went and I told her, and she looked at me. She was shocked. She was surprised. She was stunned. She couldn't even say a word. I looked at her and I said to myself, she doesn't understand. And I left the office. And on my way out, I saw this room. I've seen this room. I had seen it several times and never paid attention to it. It's a prayer room at the seminary. That day, I couldn't pass by that room. I had to go in. I felt compelled to go in. And when I went in, there's a big table with sticky notes where people have written their prayer requests. And I found myself reading those prayer requests one by one. And there was one prayer request of a, a young girl that was thinking of taking her life. And I read that prayer request, and I stopped. And I started praying for that girl. 
And when I was done praying, I just heard God minister to me, assuring me that we were in the right place. And I went back home and I told my wife, we are not going anywhere. We are safe. And she looked at me. She says, I thought we'd agreed on this. They said, yeah, but God wants us to stay. And my wife is one of the most humble people that I know. Because she, she agreed with us and we supported one another. And then with time, God started working things out. And Wisdom got a medication that enabled him to sleep. Uh, we went on. Reginski was born. And after some time, the doctors confirmed there was nothing wrong. And we look back today, and the only thing we can see is God ministering to us and strengthening our faith. And therefore, today, whenever we go through any difficulties, we pray. And even when it doesn't seem like God is listening, we know that he's listening because we know that he means well. How is your prayer life? Please pray with me. Father, I thank you. Thank you for your word. I thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for the love that you have for us. The promises that you've given us in your word. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us that we should pray and never give up because prayer is an act of faith. And Lord, there may be some of us that look at their prayer life and they know that they need to improve. Maybe some of us have been discouraged in several ways that we've given up praying. Maybe some of us have waited for so long and we're just wearing out. And maybe some of us need to learn how to pray. You know us, Lord. You know the areas that we have challenges with. You know the prayers that we bring to you every day. And I'm so glad that you are not like the unjust judge. And so, Lord, this, this morning we, we call unto you, our Father, our loving Father, that, Lord, you may minister to each one of us as if there was only one of us. As you continue to transform our prayer life so that as we wait for you to return, Lord, 
we may keep on cultivating this faith that prepares us to be the kind of people you want us to be. And Lord, we have so many requests and some of us have been asking you for the same thing, whether it's a job, whether it's a house, whether it's healing, wisdom, direction. We pray that, Father, you may minister to us at the point of our need. And Lord, I also want to thank you for the visitors. It is my prayer, Lord, that you will continue to keep us together, to unite us, to increase our love for one another, and to glorify yourself amongst us. And for our visitors, we pray for their for your blessings upon them. We pray that you minister to them, that you speak to them in a personal way and that you may be glorified in their lives as well.